5: Good morning. Welcome back to 106.7 The Fan. Just after 8 a.m., you're listening to AWOD Weekend Radio. I'm your host, Adam Epstein. You can find the show on social media, at AWOD Radio. And on Twitter right now, I'm seeing ESPN NFL senior reporter Jeremy Fowler put out the tweet just about 20 minutes ago that Washington believes quarterback Kyle Allen has a good chance to return to play since the Eagles game is now moved to Tuesday. Per source, Allen and starter Taylor Heineke are still under the COVID-19 protocol. If Heineke is unavailable, Allen could be. Uh, That's definitely good news for Washington football team fans here. Um, I actually think we have a good chance with Kyle Allen. Obviously, I think I would rather have Taylor Heineke play the game, uh, but I I don't think that's that much of a downgrade to have Kyle Allen be the starting quarterback. He obviously understands the system uh, with Scott Turner he's you know not the slowest guy we saw him run for a first down last week and um I still think that was not a fumble at the end of the game. I still think the NFL screwed that up but anyway I, I think we got a, a pretty good shot with Kyle Allen the question is for Washington though how can you actually put together a game plan with a limited roster that's good enough to beat a team? That's actually a very similar team to you. Everything about the Eagles, similar in records, similar in skill, similar uh, at the talent positions in this league. Washington needs to be able to run the ball. That's so obvious, in my opinion. Like, we know that that was a big part of the four-game win streak. We look at the game against Dallas, they rushed for 36 yards. That's a big part of the reason we lost. It's a big part of why that first half was so ugly, why we went down 18-0. Because with first down, it became second and eleven. We couldn't establish the run. It's We're not a good enough team to get by without the running game. You know, you look at the Buffalo Bills. Look at their record this season. They don't run the ball at all. Last week, they didn't rush one time in the first half. They, were, they are a team that's good enough to do that. Washington is not. We have to run the ball. Uh, and that's why I disagree with Sabah, who is a lovely caller, and I appreciate her calling in, but... Antonio Gibson needs to run the rock. I get it. He's fumbled this year, but Washington is at their best with him. With him rushing for 100 yards, and then you sneak in McKissick uh, left and right for a couple carries and some screens out of the backfield. But we have to run the ball. Uh, You have to hope McLaurin will play and hope that your defense can hold Philly and get off the field. I think if you limit Philly to scoring under 20 points, we got a pretty good shot. But this game will have to be a dogfight. It's going to have to be one in the trenches. And Washington will need to dominate the line of scrimmage on the road without their full strength. I mean, offensively and defensively, if Philly's able to to run on us, we're screwed. There, there were games this season where Philly actually decided they weren't going to run the ball for the entire first half, for quarters at a time. Um, so we absolutely can't let that turn into their game plan. We have to shut them down in that running game, less than a, less than two yards per carry. And Washington, on the other hand, needs a first down run that's going to set up second and five, second and shorts, and third and even shorters uh, so we have a shot at holding on to possession. Because I, I think if Washington has one of those games where, like Dallas, where we just go three and out twice in a row, oh, my goodness, all the momentum is going to be in Philly. We're going to have no shot. We have to win this one in the trenches. Uh this would be such a huge victory for Washington if we're able to somehow come together as a team and come away with the victory. There's no way we don't make the playoffs in my mind if we're not able if we're able to win this game because you got to think about it. If we win this game, we might get some people back, go to Dallas and spank the Cowboys, and all of a sudden the division is up for grabs again. Hey, this week, this uh, league, the NFL is so weak to week. Last week we were one of the hottest teams in the league. Then we got smashed by the Cowboys. It ended up being a close game, but we were smashed for most of that, most of that game. Didn't deserve to come my way with the victory. And now with COVID, we're back to being one of the crappy teams in the league again who can't put together a full roster. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. Let's go to Gus in Alexandria. What's up, Gus?
6: Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, man. Um... You know what? I'm not really that um, optimistic because, you know, the uncertainty with the
7: players.
6: (laughs) No, no. That's what I'm not thinking either. The one advantage we do have is coaching. We have guys in Del Rio and Rivera who've been in the league longer than the uh, Philly head coaching coordinators have been alive. Yeah. Yeah. Even Scott Scott Turner, as a second-year offensive coordinator, he's facing a first-year defensive coordinator. So, I mean, I expect better play calling. Adjustments. If our players can execute, that's one thing. I mean, you can't handle that if we put in practice squad players everywhere. Yeah, But they should at least make it competitive and close, and that's what I'm looking for. That's what I expect as a Washington fan. A win, of course, would be nice. I'd be excited. But what I need to see is that these coaches are doing their job.
5: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. So I would like us all. I would like us to at least be competitive because it's not like we're missing all these people and we're going against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, or the Kansas City Chiefs. Philly has looked bad for a lot of this season. So we should at least be able to compete in this game and uh, keep it to just a one score game the entire game and give us a chance to win it late.
6: Exactly. No, I think if we get it within eight points at the fourth quarter, we win the game. At that point, these practice squatters will I mean, assuming that we won't have everyone back, they're gonna have that confidence say like we're in this game, you know, we just make these stops down the stretch on defense and we make something happen on offense, we'll win the game.
5: I appreciate the call. Good stuff, Gus. Let's keep it going. We got Mark and Landover. What's up, Mark? What are your thoughts? Hey, Rod. How you doing, buddy? Hey, you sound like you're fumbling the phone a little bit, like Antonio Gibson over there. What's going on?
8: Well, it's funny. I was going to talk to you about that, man, but you guy asked me to tell you, man, I'm a longtime listener, and I think you do an excellent job. I enjoy your show as much as any that are on the station. You talk sports, all different kind of sports soccer and everything and with the population dynamics changing i think that's awful smart of you to do that and man i appreciate your sincerity with sticking with sports and i think uh making a point but if you're going to stick with somebody i agree with you you've got to give gibson a chance but i think they need to talk to him about fumbling and penalize him when he does fumbles just like bill belichick does i think he's got a lot of potential And I think what you're saying about North and South is 100% correct.
5: And I think if Antonio can learn to hang on to the ball, he would be a really big asset, like you said. Yeah. Mark, Mark, if, if Washington beats Philly, I guarantee you we'll look at that box score and see Antonio Gibson had between 15 and 25 rushes for 80 to 100 yards.
8: I think you're right, a Yeah, I think you're right, buddy. And I think, he, ha- like you said, I think he has cost us a couple games, and I will even go as far as to say he might have cost us the last game. But you got to remember, when you're learning a position and you're trying desperately, and obviously the guy is with what happened to him in the game before that when they took him out and he sat the first half and he came back in and was on fire. Yeah, You know what bothers the man really, really badly when he does fumble the ball and hurts his team.
5: Yeah, I think he could come out on fire uh, this week. But with all this COVID stuff, I mean, it, it, I don't love our chances, but I think we can compete, man. What do you think, Art? Do you have any keys to victory you'd like to throw out there to the audience? Sure, a lot. I think you
8: brought up a lot of them. I think the other keys to victory is going and playing hard and don't lay down for these guys. You're just as good a team as they are. You have demonstrated that this year. And I think the backups that we have, if Kyle Allen plays, I – I agree with one of the callers the other day uh, that man he's got the potential to be a good at a, a better than average NFL quarterback and I think if if Kyle plays and plays well I think we can take him buddy if everybody else does their job.
5: Yeah, thanks for the call Mark. That that's some that's a good point is that I actually think that there are there are points to be made that Taylor, uh, Kyle Allen could be better in this position than Taylor Heineke because I actually think Kyle Allen has a way stronger arm than Heineke. Maybe Heineke is more accurate. Maybe he has kind of developed this knack to get out of the pocket and scramble and make crazy plays uh, more than Kyle Allen, who we've seen take a a ton of sacks and hold on to the ball. But if we're just talking about, hey, step back, play action, throw the deep ball to Terry McLaurin, I think I like Kyle Allen's chances more than Terry McLaurin. I'm botching their names. Kyle Allen's chances more than Taylor Heineke's on throwing a deep ball. How many uh, replays did we see this week of Heineke underthrowing people? He would have had a touchdown pass to McLaurin, a touchdown pass to Cam Sims if he didn't underthrow the ball uh, and let uh, Diggs on the Cowboys make a play on it. So I think that's going to be huge for Washington. If Kyle Allen plays, hopefully he can... Hit a deep ball or two left and right. All right. This is AWOD Weekend Radio on the fan. I said you I'd give you I said I'd give you my keys to victory. I gave you a couple points there, but I'll give you my actual keys. The front door, the back door, and the uh, the car keys coming up next here on 1067 the fan. I'm envisioning this. I'm manifesting it, as all the chicks on Instagram love to say. It's manifesting it. It's manifest season. I'm gonna make sure I get that promotion. Washington's going to beat Philly. I'm manifesting it. I'll tell you how next here on 106.7 The Fan.
2: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
3: And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.
4: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
5: Welcome back to 106.7 The Fan. I'm Adam Epstein, and this is... AWOD Weekend Radio. At AWOD Radio is where you can find me on social media. And I was uh, teasing that I was going to give you guys my keys to victory and X-Factors. Let's start with X-Factors. Washington versus the Philadelphia Eagles. It'll be Tuesday at 7 p.m. There will also be another NFL game going on, and apparently you can only uh, see this game locally. Um, But it's going to be a good one. Washington against Philly with... Uh, playoff implications. X factors for the game. J.D. McKissick. If he's able to come back from con- uh, from the concussion protocol, he's just such a big uh, a, a big character for this team because of the fact that it's like he fights for every yard and he can make a man miss. It's not this team doesn't have that many guys on the field at any time that can easily make a man miss and turn a two yard play into a twenty yard play. That's J.D. McKissick. Uh, He's been clutch for this team all season long. If he's able to come back from COVID, Montez Sweat would be a huge X factor. Everyone's been saying, man, it's been a disappointing season for Chase Young and Montez Sweat. They said in the offseason they were going to break the sack record. That's not happening. They're not even close to that. But I would say I don't. I'm not as disappointed in Montez Sweat as I am in Chase Young. At least with Montez Sweat, I've seen the film. I've seen him get after the quarterback. I've seen him get a sack. I've seen him cause a fumble. I've seen him get in on uh, rushing, stopping the run. I've seen Montez Sweat make plays, and so as much as Man, it sucks that Chase Young went down with that injury and he's gone for the season. I think Montez Sweat could come back from COVID and be a huge playmaker on the defensive side of the ball. I could see him having two sacks this weekend, coming back, getting sweaty on the defensive side. X-Factor, Montez Sweat. Also, Jonathan Allen, he's been playing great. Hopefully, he can come back from COVID protocols. And then my last X-Factor would be Terry McLaurin. Of course, my other X-Factor is whoever's playing quarterback, but I think whoever's playing quarterback has to find a way to get Terry McLaurin the ball. That was a big part of the loss to the Cowboys. It was like we couldn't get Terry the ball. They, I mean, I, I don't think Diggs did that well against him defensively. We just didn't scheme it up right enough to get McLaurin the ball in positions to make big plays. We tried to throw a slant to him early on. Diggs made a good play on that, and then we tried to throw it deep to him, and it was underthrown, and then another time he went up to make a big play, leaping catch, and ended up landing on his head. Um, so we have to find a way to scheme, a way to give Terry McLaurin the ball, whether it's screen passes to him, whether it's an end around, um, or just maybe looking for him more and looking for him often because he's going to be such a big point. We need our big-time playmaker at the wide receiver position to step up in a game where we don't know who is going to be the quarterback. So your keys to victory here. Guys, let's start with this. I made the best purchase of my life earlier this year when I bought a Honda CRV, and it comes with this nice little uh, key chain here that is push to start. So my push to start key to victory is get off to an early lead. If you're going to beat this Philadelphia Eagles team playing with a lot of backups in a, a week with COVID protocols left and right all over the field in a game that was moved from Sunday to Tuesday, you have to get off to an early lead. So many times this season, we've given up a touchdown on the opening drive, and we've gone three and out. I think Washington needs to ask for the ball first, and they need to somehow put three points on the board. We have to score first. There is no doubt about that at all in my mind, that this game screams first to score wins the game. I think if Washington can take an early lead, it could take some of the sting out of the Eagles, and they want to establish some kind of rushing attack that they can win this game. But if we go out and force Philly to throw the ball downfield, I think this game could get ugly for Philadelphia, especially because this Washington defense has been playing well, and if they're able to get enough guys back there, we have playmakers. So I think that's going to be huge for Washington. If we can get out to an early lead and kind of change the style of the game, uh, hold Philly, protect the lead late, and we can win this game. The Eagles have held Four of their last six opponents to less than 20 points. And a big reason for that has been their resurgent rushing defense. So, resurgent rushing defense. So, Washington's going to have to run the ball. That's my second key to victory. Run the ball effectively. Alright? J.D. McKissick, hopefully returning from concussion protocol, would be huge for this. But I've said it all so long it needs to be the Antonio Gibson show. He only had 36 yards in the loss to Dallas. The four-game win streak before that, he was averaging about 85 yards per game. Washington can't get away with that. You know, We can't get away with only giving Gibson the rock in the first quarter and then getting away with it later in the game. This is one of those games where you're going to have to ground ground and pound all game long. Hopefully your quarterback can scramble and make a few plays, maybe a read option. But your big men are going to have to win this game by pushing the line of scrimmage, and we need Antonio Gibson. It's going to be ugly. It'll be, I think it'll be like a snow game. Like that one caller made a great point, a similar game plan to how the Patriots beat the Buffalo Bills. Just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball all game long. They won that game with Mac Jones throwing two for three for about 15 yards. Now, I'd, I'd like Washington to have more than 150 yards in the air, but you see, my point is that you can win this game. With a rushing attack, if you don't give up with it, uh, you can come out on top if you're able to run the ball successfully. And number three, my third key to victory here, this is actually probably the most important. We're playing against the Philadelphia Eagles on, I guess, it's a prime time game, even though it's Tuesday night football. Does it remind you guys, do you remember the prime time game where the Mike Vick miracle game, I guess you could call it, where Philadelphia blew the crap out of the Washington football team, and it started on the first play where they long pass from Michael Vick to Deshaun Jackson. That's my third key to victory. You have to limit the Mike Vick-style plays from Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts doesn't have the best accuracy in the league, but in the Eagles' victories this season, he's been really successful with the deep shots downfield. But actually, I don't think that's where he's most dangerous. I think he's most dangerous scrambling around and rushing for big gains on third yards to move the chains. We see this week after week. The Eagles face one or two third and longs, third and 11, third and 13. The play will break down, and Jalen Hurts will just get around the outside and get exactly 13 yards and get the first down. That's the Mike Vick-style plays that I'm talking about. The deep passes and the rushing to move the chains on third down, we have to limit those plays from Jalen Hurts. I don't think he's a great quarterback when he can't run. I don't think he's accurate enough to beat us if we're holding him and and keeping him inside of the pocket. Have to stop the QB rushes to have a chance. Uh, Jalen Hurts has been the linchpin for this Eagles offense, leading the offense and passing yards 2,435, passing touchdowns with 13, rushing yards with 695, and rushing touchdowns with 8. His yards on the ground are second only to Lamar Jackson among quarterbacks. And the former Oklahoma signal caller is averaging 5.7 yards per carry. Those stats from WashingtonFootballTeam.com. So it's similar to how Washington was able to stop Russell Wilson scrambling in the victory against Seattle. Washington needs to contain Jalen Hurts uh, before he can get around the outside and get upfield. You're listening to AWOD Weekend Radio here on 106.7 The Fan. I'm going to take a quick break here. I'll be right back, and I'll switch things up. We'll talk about the Washington Wizards, who uh, it got ugly quick for the Wiz. We'll get into that next here on 106.7 The Fan. Welcome back. DC Sports Radio 106.7 The Fan. This is AWOD Weekend Radio. You out there, all you listeners around the DMV, You are members of the AWOD Army for tuning in here on a Saturday morning, December 18th. I'll be joining you up until 10 a.m. on The Fan. At AWOD Radio is where you can find me. RJ tweets me, best radio show of the week. I appreciate that. Van is a big fan of Sabah, North Carolina. Says she's kind of a legend for real for calling in. And Gustavo makes a really good point. He says, if Kyle Allen balls out and beats Philly, how do you not start him next week against Dallas? It's not like Taylor is an entrenched starter, and I like Heineke, too, but fair is fair. Uh, Tyler took advantage of his opportunities. uh, Kyle Allen should be allowed to take advantage of his. I agree with him. I think if we win, I I think he's correct. You stick with the winning quarterback. Whoever ends up playing, you stick with the hot hand, um, and you go into Dallas, and then if you lose to Dallas, maybe you make a switch after that, but I'm going with the hot hand, absolutely, but we said we were going to switch things up in the Wizards here with the Wizards. We'll get back into the Washington football team in the 9 o'clock hour, but why are the Wizards bad again? What is going on with this Washington Wizards team that, at one point in November, was in first place in the Eastern Conference? It lasted like a day and a half, maybe, maybe even less. It wasn't 48 hours, but we were in first place, and now... Look at the standings. I actually don't even want to look at the standings right now. It's ugly how much we've fallen. Washington can't seem to win a game now. I, I just don't know what it is uh, with this team. It's a ton of different things. We have so many issues. We've fallen to now 15-15 and 15 on the season. We're 2-8 and eight in our last 10. We've lost four straight, and we're the seventh seed in the playoffs. Things have gotten ugly quick. Here's my take on it. And I'd love to hear from you guys, 1-800-636-1067, 1-800-636-1067. I know there's other Wizards fans out there that are tired of football team talk and NFL talk dominating the airwaves week after week after week. This is your chance to talk Wizards. And I know it's been bad recently, but let's talk about it. Let's dive into it. Let's vent, if you will, Wizards fans, 1-800-636-1067. Why is this team bad again? Number one? I think it's pretty obvious. They are not getting superstar max contract play from Bradley Beal. And what does he want to be next year? A superstar max contract player. It's as simple as that. Last season, and actually even the year before that, Washington, you could tell, relied on Beal with Scott Brooks' terrible offense and giving up 120 points a game. They relied on Beal to carry them some games with a 40-point performance and good three-point shooting. He actually pulled them out of the mud several times last season to a late-game victory. He has yet to do that once this season. He has not had one of those games where we could say, man, Bradley Beal's really taken over this third quarter. He's had 10 points, back-to-back buckets. He's going to be the reason this team win- the Wizards team wins this game. We have not had that game yet this season. What's going on? Why hasn't he taken over a game yet? He's done it so often in the past three years. Maybe it's he's learning the new Wes Unselled offense. Maybe it's him trying this new style of, I'm going to be more passive. I'm going to get eight assists and only average 20 points a game instead of 35. Or maybe it's he's trying so hard to be a better defender that he's forgot how to play offense. I'm telling you, I'm not the only one out there. We are not seeing the Bradley Beal, All-Star Beal that we saw in the past. And so it begs the question, BB3, the Panda, I love you, man. But do you want to be here? Do you hear the trade rumors to Philly, to Miami, to the Lakers even, to a team that has a chance to compete in the playoffs? Does he want to be here? Does he care? Is he checked out? Is he checked out already on his new coach? That would be terrible. What is wrong with Bradley Beal this season? He's playing outside of the offense. It's like everyone else is passing cut and find the extra man when Bradley Beal's like, back up, back up, back up, and I'm going to take you one-on-one and throw the ball away or dribble out of off my foot out of bounds or take a, take a bad shot. Look at his shooting percentage this year. It's pretty simple. He's forcing it. He's playing way outside of his game. He's also struggling at the free throw line. And on top of all of that, when it's actually close late in the game, you can't count on him at all. He's turned the ball over. He's driving me crazy. We got some, uh, sound that I want you guys to hear. It's Wes Unseld after the Suns game. Wes Unseld Jr. After the Suns game. Take a listen to this.
6: You know, it's tough, you know, it's no excuse, but the you know, second night of a back to back, um, and we got in pretty late. So I know guys are a little bit fatigued. Uh, we got to find a way to fight through that. It's just the reality of the schedule. Uh, but you know, I thought we we, we competed. We, we didn't do uh, we didn't always do things right. Um, I mean, I think overall we were we started the right the right way, um, and I think it's it's one of those things where can you sustain it? And you know, teams are going to go on runs, and sometimes you got to find a way to stop the bleeding. But uh, and I think at times when that happens, you get away from you know to continuing to play the right way.
5: That's why Unseld Jr. After the loss to the Suns, the Washington Wizards are in action tonight in Salt Lake City, Salt Lake City, taking on the Utah Jazz. They're going to have to handle Donovan Mitchell's 25 points per game, 3.7 rebounds, and 5 assists. Uh, But as my guy, Wes Unsell Jr., new head coach of the Washington Wizards, says, how are you going to pull your team out of a funk here? We're in a losing streak. Uh, You can't let that happen in in a long NBA season. You can't lose multiple games in a row like this. You have to find a way to stop the losing streak. Most of the time when a bet, when a team is going through a losing streak, they need their star to come through with a big game. Can we get 30 from Bradley Beal tonight? I think that would give us a chance. one 800 636 Will the 15 and 15 Wizards have their first below 500 record of the season after tonight, or will we get things going again? Let's go to Wendell in Springfield. What's going on? Thanks for calling.
7: Hey, what's up, Awa? What's up, um, man? Hey. I- I- no, just talk a little wins. Um, <laughs> yeah. To be honest, this is what happens when you have one uh, superstar on your team. Uh, now, granted, Kuzma, I think, is, is, is doing, you know, most he can. And Harold's kind of, um, he's an energy guy. Yeah. You can't expect that max effort, all 82. You kind of pick and choose your spot. Same thing with Brad. I think he has to pick and choose the spot being the, the primary dog on the team. Um I think with Westbrook last year, they had that option of kind of going uh, one could take a night on and the other could take a night off in a sense, but without that, you're going to get this where they regress back to what they are, which is around the 7-6 seed, but I will say this, and I'll let you have it, I do think they're scary kind of team in the playoffs. I do think the kind of team that could bounce you in the first round. Huh? because they're so gritty uh and because they're just so even across the board. But we'd so have to start making call,
5: Wait, hey man, I want to I want to get your take on this. We oh. we have to start making some three Go balls. Ahead. That's for sure. But you say the team is, only has one star. At the beginning of the season it felt like Spencer Dinwiddie was that second star. I was calling him Spencer Dinwaddy on the show. He hit a huge <laughs> clutch three and and we started so hot, man. So is he not a superstar in this league? Is he just going through a cold spell? Is it the knee injury? What, what's the deal with him?
7: Uh, to me, Dinwiddie's a jag. Um, I just keep it real with you. He, he's a guy. Um, now, granted, he, you're getting good minutes, and we're getting the most out of him, and, that, and that's uh, credit to Unsell and his staff. But, um, yeah, I think that's more on the coaching staff, maximizing the guy versus uh Denwood, reinventing himself and, and becoming this star, in all honesty. All respect to the guy, though.
5: Yep. I appreciate the call. Let's keep it going here. We got Kevin in Virginia. What's up, Kevin?
9: Hey, Watt. Good to hear you on Saturdays. Hey, um, I'm a Wizards fan. have been for about 25 years, but I'm sad to say I knew this was going to happen. And I don't want to be a defeatist, but I just felt it in my bones. The problem is we have a franchise, for whatever reason, and you hear rumors about this, that the big big names don't want to come here, and here's my point. When Durant was on the market a few years ago, everyone was jacked that he would come back, play for the hometown, play in front of the Maryland fans, and he didn't want to come here. And then it started coming out that the big big names really don't want to play for this franchise for whatever reason that is, and uh, and I think that's part of the problem. That's why we'll always be mediocre. We're lucky to have Beal, to be honest, and. I just, I've lost hope after all these years that mediocrity has crippled this franchise and there's not much we can do about it until we get to the bottom line of why people don't want to play here.
5: Yeah, I I get what you're saying. If you can't bring in a star, the only other way to get a star is to draft one. And we've drafted pretty bad, pretty terribly, actually, in the last five years when you look at guys like Otto Porter, Troy Brown Jr., and and so on. So I, I agree with you, man. We. If we're not going to be able to attract a star, we've got to be able to draft one. And now our latest draft pick that I thought was possibly going to be a star, Rui Hashimura, hasn't played at all this season.
9: Yeah, but I do do have a solution. have a solution. We bring back Agent Zero, Gilbert Arenas, out of retirement to take us back to glory.
5: (laughs) Hey, man, I'll tell you this. I had a signed autographed hibachi grill from Gilbert Arenas. So I'm his number one fan. I went to the game. That was back when at Wizards games. They were holding up. You had a. They had like a thing right after halftime. Whoever had the best sign, the best sign, wizard sign in the arena, won an autographed Hibachi Grill. And uh, my sign said something like, you know, chicken nuggets at the game, chicken tenders at the game, fourteen dollars parking, twenty dollars uh, tickets, one hundred fifty. Seeing Gilbert Arenas hit a game-winning buzzer beater, priceless. It was back when MasterCard was way better than Visa. I don't know what happened. Now Visa's passed them, but I thought it was a great uh, poster and I ended up winning an autographed Hibachi Grill. Long story short, I would love to have Gilbert back in Washington, even just have him on the sideline commenting games. You know what I mean? Like, I love Gilbert Arenas. I, I want him back here in any way possible, uh, but it's not happening. Let's take more phone calls after this break. Tony, I see you on the line. I want to talk whiz with you. If you're a Washington Wizards fan, this is your chance. No NFL talk for the rest of the hour. you got 15 minutes. Call in now. 1-800-636-1067. Is there any fixing the whiz? Do they have a chance tonight, 9 p.m., against one of the best teams in the Western Conference, the Utah Jazz? More of that next here on The Fan.
4: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai.
3: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional.
7: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome
5: back to 106.7 The Fan on a Saturday morning. I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Weekend Radio. Appreciate members of the AWOD Army tweeting me, they're listening. Brian tweets that he's listening. Mike B. tweets me that there's actually a way to find Washington at the top of the standings this morning. Just Google search NHL instead of NBA. Find the Washington Capitals. Taylor tweets me I mean, this is what we expected from the Wizards roster this year. They're playing at their level, and I don't think any superstar wants to be here. I, I agree with him there. I mean, this is, this is one of the years where I didn't expect us to be good, and then that hot start Kind of completely changed my expectations. Now, you know, I get it. We're falling back down to earth. We're two and eight in our last 10, and we're now sitting at the seventh seed in the playoffs, tied with the Sixers and uh, a couple losses from being on the outside looking in. But a big game tonight on the road against the Utah Jazz, the 20 and eight Utah Jazz. That's an unbelievable record against the 15 and 15 Wiz, trying to stay above 500. Uh, Let's go to Tony here. On the line Tony what's your thoughts man on this Washington Wizards team?
0: I'll tell you what man I've I've always had this belief that in the NBA and hockey there's three seasons the the first 60 the last 20 and then the playoffs. Yeah. And I really question how hard some of these teams start because it doesn't matter more than half the teams make the playoffs and I think that's what happened to the Wizards. They tried really, really hard. They're very gritty. One of the other callers said that. You have said that. But then now the big boys are like, okay, uh, we we need to start turning on the gas here, and you're putting them back right where they belong. So, Tony, I agree
5: with you, but we shouldn't be losing to teams like Sacramento then. And I also would say... Even though Phoenix was in the NBA Finals and they're a great team, we shouldn't be losing to them by 20. We shouldn't be allowing them to score 118 points. It's like the beginning of this season, we were starting to play really good defense and limit teams to about 100 points per game and sometimes even under that. And then the offense was the issue. So now it's like defense is the issue and the offense is the issue. There's so many issues that are finally showing up here. And you're right. I think this season started with this team saying, man, we're a bunch of new guys on this roster Everyone right, plays right. above their above their game. We're going to win games. Now they're seeing we're seeing them fall back to the mean. You know what I mean?
6: Yeah,
0: it it's rough to watch, and and I think that uh, we wouldn't have started as good as we did if those other teams were really muscling up. And we'll see it in the last twenty games and in the playoffs if the Wizards are even there. Yeah. So a great show, love it, and uh, keep up the good work, man.
5: Thanks, Tony. I appreciate you supporting the Wiz. Always love to talk Washington Wizards with my fans out there. 1-800-636-1067 is the number if you want to chime in. Doing a little box score breakdown here looking at the last game. The Wizards lost to the Suns 118-98. to uh, I, I think a big part of their losing streak has been the third quarter. Washington only scored 21 points in the third quarter, and they allowed this Suns team to take you know a 6-8 and eight point lead up to double digits, up to 20-point lead, and, and kind of put the game away and Washington's not a good enough team there to have one of these quarters where they struggle to shoot the rock. They struggle to score because especially this team does not get to the free throw line. 12 of 19 from the free throw line last game, giving up 26 free throws on the other end. We just we don't have guys that get fouled often. You know, you kind of look at Kyle Kuzma, he hangs around the three-point line. He gets a couple nice drives here and there, but you don't see him with a bunch of and ones. Uh Donald, you wanted to chime in?
0: Yeah, I just wanted to kind of pose a a question to you. If so, the Wizards right now are fifteen and fifteen. If I just told you that without saying how they got there and just said at this point in the season they're fifteen and fifteen, would you think that's good, or are you more so disappointed that you know that they started well and now that they're fifteen and fifteen?
5: Yeah, at the beginning of the season, you told me fifteen to fifteen. Eyes closed, I would say I'm taking that. You're right about that, but it's the hot start. And it's the 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 losing streak. You know what I mean? Like I, I can understand losing a couple games before games in a row. We've got to stop that skid tonight. Can't let it get to five. If it gets to five, it quickly becomes ten, and we come we become one of those losing teams in in the league. I mean, um, you're right. The the hot start to the season completely changed my expectations, and I kind of felt like, hey, if we could just go five and five on you know. The next ten games and then go four and six after that, six after that. We could stay above five hundred. We were seven or eight games above five hundred and it's disappeared so quick. Fifteen and fifteen is not where where I, I expected us to be right now after that start to the season. Um and then another big thing is so I, I mentioned the possibility of trading Montrez Harrell, right? And the only reason I say that is because he started so hot this season. And I think that after, you know, they got him in the offseason for nothing. I mean, it was part of that trade, but the Lakers didn't want him. They actually sat him on the bench during a losing playoff game, right? The whole season's on the line. And they said, Monters Harrell, you're going to play zero minutes and zero seconds. And he's come out this season and proved, hey, not only am I a, a, a NBA player, but I'm like a fringe starter in this league. And so at first I would say man. Maybe he should be the starter. But then you look and you got to say, no, we paid Daniel Gafford to be that guy. And so if you're going to pay Daniel Gafford to be that guy, maybe you trade Montrezl Harrell and then roll with a guy like Thomas Bryant as your backup center. But I don't know. I mean, Daniel Gafford has to improve. He scored zero points. He was dominated by DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton uh, blocked his shot, had 10 rebounds and 15 points and really only played 24 minutes in that game. Just destroyed Gafford who went 0 for 3 from the field and couldn't get it going uh, on the offensive end or the defensive end. And that's so huge for this team. We need a center. I mean, you you look at why when we were losing games last year, it was because we were starting Alex Len and even before that, Daniel Gafford came in and was a big part of the season turnaround. A lot of it was Russell Westbrook, but it was Daniel Gafford catching lobs and protecting the paint, and we were like all of a sudden, oh, my gosh. This is what happens when you watch a Wizards basketball team with a guy who can block shots. We can win games. We need Daniel Gafford to be better. I got a huge guest, a big special guest coming up at the top of the hour. You won't want to miss it. Number 89, the Dallas Killer. The Cowboy Killer, Santana Moss, Tana Man, joins the AWOD Army next year on 106.7 The Fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. Santana Moss joins me next on The Fan. You could spend
4: the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.